issue. We continue with our discussions around the novel coronavirus. And today, Gauteng Premier David Makura said the Gauteng province was ready to deal with the spread. He announced various measures that would be implemented to deal with the novel coronavirus. And uh, Gauteng MEC of Health, Dr. Bandile Masugu, has been appointed as the province's spokesperson on this particular matter. And he now joins me on the line. Dr. Masugu, welcome to you and uh, welcome to Metro FM Talk. And thank you very much for speaking to us. Yeah, good evening and good evening to your listeners and thanks for having us on your show. Dr. Masugu, I think maybe uh, a good place to start uh, would be uh, just, you know, uh, as, as, a, as a provincial administration, uh, some of the key issues that you outlined today as part of your own response uh, to Gauteng's uh, as the most exposed uh, province, I should add, to this particular issue. Uh, just speak to us about uh, this announcement. I think a lot of us are picking out uh, specific things. Uh, you know, some people are saying uh, uh, the regulations around funerals and large events of that kind certainly hitting a note. But there are many other things that you spoke to. Uh, please uh, help us through some of those. Yeah, I think the important thing is just about the drastic measures that uh, have been announced by the president on Sunday. And what we doing today was just to put into place what could be our response as housing. And we have also said that this is not a perfect plan as it is, but it will gradually escalate and gradually get perfected as we respond to different circumstances and situations. But the main issue is just the question of trying to slow down the rate of transmitting of transmission between individuals. Because now we are seeing that the number of people who are getting infected mm. are those who are now uh, not even having a history of travel, but having a history of contact to those who have been traveling. Mm. I mean, this is a concurrent function. Uh, one would think healthcare, um, you know, as a as a function, and uh, uh, you are also competent alongside national government to intervene in the fashion that uh, you've set out. Just talk to me about uh, some of the things you've observed in the last day or so in some of our health facilities. We heard the premier speaking about, you know, uh, this a rapid rise in the number of people that are going. Uh, to places like Barra to try and get tested, who might think they've got some uh, symptoms, and even some of those who are asymptomatic uh, who uh, want to make sure. What is the message from the administration with regard uh, to people, I guess, uh, bombarding uh, healthcare facilities and really stretching them to their limits? We are also, also part of the message is that uh, people must not uh, congest our, or come to the facilities, particularly if it's not something that is an emergency type of uh, uh, issue that they require help with, you know, and that's what also we have asked our clinicians to guide us on how they were going to run their own outpatient department for those patients who are coming in for checkup for different or several uh, of the diseases that they face. But the important thing is that you cannot uh, ask for a test, you know, you should be able to have some uh, positive response on the issue that relates to traveling and exposure to anyone who's been exposed. So not anyone can just go in and say that they want to be tested. It's only those who can be identified as risk patients that Mm. can be tested. So we need to actually also explain to the public, because even if you do test now and you don't have the history of travel or any history of exposure, you are just one of the things that you are going to be part of those who are wasting resources and will be just be part of the futile exercise. Mm. Talk to me. I mean, uh, I, I, I like the point you're making about those who are at highest risk uh, for all manner of factors. It might be their travel history or even the exposure to people who had a specific travel history. But uh, let's talk about how you trace some of those who might have come into contact with potential risk cases here. And uh, uh, if at all, you're using technology in that effort. How, how is that taking root? How are you making sure that you're able to trace everybody and place them under some form of isolation or quarantine? 
Yes, it's important to, to talk about that, the issue of tracers and the tracing that we are actually doing, because that's actually the fundamental characteristic of the process or the phase of containment of an outbreak, where we're going to be able to identify people at high risk and be able to uh, screen them and be able to take off them uh, in terms of self-isolation. So the, the, the part of the contingent uh, plan that we have had is that we are training a lot of tracers who have helped us to quickly, rapidly respond uh, to the contacts uh, mm-hmm. uh, that these people have been... Uh, so who, who are these people? But I mean, these are, tracers that, you, that you're training there, Doc. Is it people who are already within, you know, the uh, public health care system? Is it community health workers? Is it, is it auxiliary workers? Who, who is it? We are, we are training everyone. We are also using the leverage of the community health care workers who are already part of the system of the health care system. Okay. And we are using them, and they are there in numbers. The only problem, the only challenge we have now is that we have to train them so that they can be able to do a proper work and be able to do proper tracing. But they are one of the cohort of workers that are going to help us in, in terms of the response of tracing and also in terms of public education. But we also utilize uh, technology. We've got an app that is downloadable in many uh, uh, of the iOS and even Android systems which helps you to self-screen and also able to send a message to our control center that will make you able to uh, able to be identified by tracers and that the tracers will come to you. So this is what we have put into place. The national minister will also uh, announce another system which will cover the whole of the country, mm. which will also help us to be able to trace you and also get in contact with all the people at risk. Okay. Now, uh, you would have heard some of the remarks coming through from uh, the uh, mayor of the city of Kurule, and it certainly did, did pique the interest of many people who have been asking questions about whether or not there's a vaccine or a treatment kit that's coming from other places in the world. He's indicated that... Uh, uh, the one uh, he might be interested in procuring for the city of Ikuruleni is a Cuban vaccine. What is the view of the provincial health care authorities uh, in relation to this particular announcement? And uh, uh, what, are, what is it that you know about this vaccine that's coming from Cuba? No, we have to clarify. It's not necessarily a vaccine. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a protein that we use as part of the antiviral. Uh, it has got antiviral properties. Okay. We do have it in the country. We do have it in stock but it's only used when we really need to use it uh, with our patients, but when those who are immunosuppressed with a, a viral disease mm. that we need to use it. So it's only uh, done for different cases, yeah. but it's only super subspecialists that also authorize its use because it's a very expensive okay. uh, 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 medicine. But we are fully aware of it, and we know that uh, when we really need it, we can be able to call upon it. Okay, what's and the Cuban connection then? What's what's uh, is it manufactured in Cuba? Or? The the issue is that the Cubans are part of the group of scientists that they discovered it almost 89 years I ago. I see. Okay, and it's something that because of the uh, U.S. embargo against Cuba, it's something that has been a big problem in terms of uh, making it uh, generally available for everyone. But I think there are some generics that have been there, and I think this is the one that we are. Uh, he's talking about. Okay. Just a quick one. I mean, on that, uh, while we're still talking about supply chains and uh, the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical industry, we know there's been some supply disruptions from India. And uh, the big question is what impact has that had on existing treatment programs? One of those being uh, for immune uh, immune system compromised patients who uh, are, are getting treatment for HIV and AIDS and many other 
uh, diseases that might compromise one's immune system. What has been the impact of, uh, I guess, the disruption in supplies, for instance, of generics coming through from India? You know, we have had been, you know, remember, you know, medical stockouts, medical drug stockouts are one of the key aspects that we monitor uh, closely because the impact on the quality of care that we are giving. And uh, we have been suffering in many instances where what you call active ingredients, they actually run out and mm. this is where we've got, we, we run out of the drugs that we need. But we have been keeping an eye and we've been trying to find different ways and systems to try and balance off and balance off the demand. Okay. Doc, I want you to hold the line for me for a second. We're probably going to need maybe three more minutes of your time after this brief break. But when we come back, uh, we'll take a look at whether or not there's a possibility of a shutdown here in Gauteng with the rapid rise we've seen uh, in uh, reported cases uh, over the last uh, week or so. And, uh, of course, I'd also love to hear some of your perspectives. You might have questions uh, for the MEC of Health in the province of Gauteng. I'm in conversation with Dr. Bandila Masuku, and we continue on the other side of this. 13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned into a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, it's our uh, tech conversations, uh, doing it with a bit of a twist today and uh, catching up uh, with the provincial health authorities in the province of Gauteng. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear some of your own views on this. You can tweet us on at Metro FM say use the hashtag Metro FM talk. And uh, uh, Dr. Masuku joins us here. He's the MEC uh, uh, for health in the province of Gauteng. And uh, Doc, I guess the other question would be... Um, is there a possibility, certainly in light of uh, the rise in infections that we've seen, which has been nothing short of rapid, is there a possibility uh, that we might have a uh, total shutdown in the province of Gauteng uh, as we try and respond to this virus? We're hoping that we are not going to reach that stage because of, uh, of the measures that we've put into place now. Because we have seen in most of the countries where they've put them, this type of measures early on, they don't get to a point where they get a skyrocketing uh, rise of the infections. So this is one of the ways that uh, we're trying to limit the infection and trying to limit the rise. So mm. we are hoping that we're not going to get there, but it's something that we cannot uh, actually uh, rule out in future if the, you know, the infections actually proceed to rise uh, out of control. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk just briefly about the resourcing of this effort. Uh, we've heard quite a bit about how the National Disaster Fund is going to be used for this and uh, even potentially uh, the mobilization of multilateral and private sector funds uh, to assist in the response. From a provincial level, um, you, you know, where, where are some of the pockets of money that you think potentially uh, you can be able to access? And more importantly, what is that money going to be used for? We are, we are going to use util, mainly utilize the budget that we have because part okay. of what we are going to do in terms of the response is not something that is outside our priority or things that we have been planning to do in terms of improvement. So we're just going to continue some of the things we are going to do them quicker than we thought we can, but it's part of just increasing the capacity and improving the, the health uh, care platform. Doc, mm. we'll have to uh, leave it there, but uh, really appreciate you uh, taking time out to speak to us. Uh, we know you're very busy in trying to coordinate the response here, and I certainly hope this is not the last time we're going to catch up with you. No problem. I think we do. We are going to definitely do that in a regular basis. Thank you very much. That there was uh, Dr. Bandile Masugu. Uh, who is the MEC for Health in the province of Gauteng, uh, speaking to us about uh, how uh, that uh, response is going to be coordinated from a provincial level. We do know that uh, the provision of healthcare services is a concurrent function between the National Department of Health and uh, uh, respective provincial administrations across the length and breadth of the country. And we certainly hope, as we try and respond to this, that we can get the views 
of uh, MEC of health or MEC of uh, economic development, if we think about the economic response to this crisis from some of our provinces.